a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Turn it on while you were singing. Crap. Anyway, hello. This is Jim Bennett. I'm Abby Bennett. And we are, this is Dinner Table Politics. Dinner po- Table Politics. Are we supposed to say that at the same time? No, I thought it was perfect the way it was. Oh, that's good. Well, you know, your mother is really upset that we didn't introduce ourselves last time. We're supposed to introduce ourselves Oh, I time. don't remember that. Oh. I thought I did. Oh, well, that's all right. Well, I don't think there's anything else to talk about, really, except what's happening along the southern border. I would agree. So what's happening along the southern border? Oh, heck if I know. Well, my understanding of it is that the policy was changed at the end of last month that people who are seeking asylum in the United States that cross over the, sec- the southern border are now being treated like criminals. Can I just say that, like, asylum, when it was, like, first conceived as a word, I think, was meant to be this, like, ooh, so safe and stuff. And now it's like... I don't think asylum has had a good connotation in years. Because when I think of asylum, I think of, like, haunted houses with, like, crazy people. Insane asylums. Insane asylums, yeah. So Isn't there a band called Asylum? That sounds right. I don't know. I've never listened to them. Uh, Well, if you've never listened to them and I've never listened to them, then they can't be very important. That's very true. So the, the change in policy, though, is that it used to be that if you came across the southern border and you were seeking asylum, that is, you were saying... I'm fleeing from a hostile situation. If I go back to my country, I will be abused or killed. Uh-huh. Uh, they were treated with great respect. And asylum seekers are still treated with great respect as long as they are coming from somewhere other than the southern border. Uh, tales old as time. Seriously. That's right. Well, so if you, if you fly in from Europe uh, or if you come in from Japan, uh, if you're Canadian and you come here seeking asylum, uh, you will be treated with respect, and if you're coming from the southern border and you are Hispanic, you will not be. Gosh. And your children... Dang it, America! Your children Thought will be taken learned. away from you. Right. So so that's the change, and everybody is understandably horrified by it, and I am horrified by it. But one of the things that I find deeply frustrating is that this has relaunched the whole idea that Trump is really just... An embryonic Adolf Hitler. Ew, that is the grossest mental image I've ever had in my entire life. I mean metaphorically embryonic. I don't mean physically embryonic. Sick. Well, I'm sorry about that. Uh, I was trying to think latent Hitler. Is that, is that a better is that a better word? Like like a virus hanging out on your body that hasn't like fully erupted yet. Yes, yes. That's your biology major Trump, speaking. Trump is like the herpes virus. 
but no, you don't have any cold sores yet. It's just chilling out in your cells, waiting to what replicate was- its protein. <laughs> this took a detour. This, this took a detour, but that's all right. Well, because all the analogies, all the Hitler analogies, are, are you hearing Hitler analogies? Yes. Who's like, like not, not as many, I think, as you are. I've seen a couple comparisons on Twitter and things. Well, uh, I, I don't think they're helpful. I don't think they lead to productive discussion. And this is the – so I, I, I put a blog post up. My blog has been neglected of late. It's essentially become the dinner table politics landing page. Yahoo! But uh, today I, I put up a blog post because I'm frustrated by the fact that when you start comparing Donald Trump to Adolf Hitler, Donald Trump really appreciates it. It's very helpful to Donald Trump. I don't think he directly appreciates it. Well, I don't think he's in his in his in his Oval Office like, oh, I, I love that. Thank you, guys. <laughs> I don't spend time on the internet looking for things that make me mad like you do. <laughs> I don't spend time on the internet I looking disagree. for things to make you me mad. You start internet fights all the time. Well, I have been known to have a few internet squabbles. That is, this true. is so pointless. It solves nothing. No, I've changed the world. I've yeah. changed everybody's mind. You know, every every person I've ever met has had their mind changed by a Facebook political argument. Yeah, if that's what helps you sleep at night, then just keep on telling yourself that. Well, the, the, the point of my post and the thing that frustrates me with the Hitler comparisons, when, when, when Trump was first elected, uh, the Hitler comparisons were fast and furious. And they weren't comparing him to Fast and Furious. They were comparing him to Adolf Hitler. Those are terrible movies, though. I have, I've only seen one of them. Not Hitler-esque, but not good movies. But still bad. The thing that struck me right after Trump was elected, uh, there was an article called How Paul Krugman Helped Create Donald Trump. Do you know who Paul Krugman is? No, but he has a really unfortunate last name. Well, Paul Krugman. 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 Well, Paul Krugman is probably, he, he won a Pulitzer Prize. Uh, or Pulitzer? It, well, did he win I a Nobel it was Prize? Pulitzer. Pulitzer or Pulitzer? Yeah. Uh, I, 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 Pulitzer. I don't know which one it is. We'll have to look that up. But but uh, he's a he's an award winning uh, economist, and he's a columnist for the New York Times. And he wrote up a series of articles. Uh, this article talked about the fact that all of the rhetoric that Paul Krugman used to describe Donald Trump was rhetoric that four years earlier he had used to describe Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney was dangerous. Mitt Romney was unhinged. Mitt Romney was all of these terrible things. And now along comes Donald Trump, who I think is you know, several degrees removed from Mitt Romney, who, whether or not you agree with him, is a reasonable human being. And here you have Donald Trump, and all of a sudden, all of the same language is being used to describe Donald Trump that was used to describe Mitt Romney. And people don't believe it. You've been crying wolf for so long. Well, that also gives a lot of uh, I don't I don't think that many people were reading his articles. Well, no, that well, that made a substantial difference. No, well, well, Paul Krugman was just the, uh, the 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 model home, if you will, for the argument. The fact is, all of uh, co- all commentators who were opposed to Mitt Romney were using similarly apocalyptic language to, to describe the possibility of a Romney presidency that they were using to describe the possibility of a Trump presidency. Okay, that's fair, I guess. Well, and there's, there's, a, um, there's another columnist. Her name is Camille Paglia. 
Paglia? Paglia? I don't know how to pronounce anybody's names. There's a lot of words, hard words today. Hard words today. Well, she talked about, she's a a brilliant left-wing columnist. And she talked about how how conservative commentators became unhinged in 2008 when Obama was elected. When Obama was elected, Rush Limbaugh and Glenn Beck and all of the usual suspects turned the volume all the way up to 11, and we were going to have a civil war and all this kind of nonsense. And Obama was Hitler too, at least if you went to a Tea Party gathering, you could see pictures of... How come this isn't really that related, but we only compare to Hitler? Like, there's been other bad dudes in history, you know? We could be like, they're the new Attila the Hun, or like, (laughs) the new, or like, even like Mussolini, another similar... Mussolini is Hitler light, isn't he? Mussolini was... He did a lot of his own crap. He did, he did indeed, but Mussolini was was tied to the Third Reich. Or like, they're the new Vlad the Impaler. Right. The well, person that Dracula was based off of. Right. Uh, Vlad was a bad dude, I guess. A very bad dude. Well, I think the reason... Most people that have the Impaler after their name are not good people. Do you know anybody with the Impaler after their name who I, is a good person? I make a, a point to not associate with people with the <laughs> Impaler after their name. Mr. and Mrs. Impaler? Yeah. Well, uh, Vlad the Impaler and, and uh, you know, who's the other one you mentioned? Attila the Attila Hun? Attila the Hun. Uh, John Kerry uh, used to talk about Genghis Khan. He pronounced Genghis. It, I know, but he pronounced oh, it Genghis, so it's gross. all part of the mispronunciation Ugh. for today. Ugh. Uh, but he, so Hitler is shorthand for the ultimate evil because I think one, he's fairly recent. There are plenty, there plenty, but there are people who are still alive. Many people who are still alive That's who, crazy. Re- who remember Adolf it Hitler. It feels like so long ago. Well, it was so long ago, but but uh, you know, your grandparents remember Adolf Hitler. Or, well, but, no. they were children. Your 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 uncle Wally, my uncle Wally, fought in World War II. Uh, he's ninety four years old now. Dang. So yeah, we don't have a lot of World War II veterans who are still surviving. But Hitler's recent enough, and and he's indisputably there. There is no pro Hitler argument. Nope. Right. Nope. For instance, there are many people who make the argument that uh, Joseph Stalin or Mao Zedong. Uh, both killed more people than Hitler did. Yeah. But to make that argument, you have to talk about famines that they induced, and you have to talk about other kinds of things, and there are people who are willing to defend... Okay, anyways, back to... Well, anyway, back to Hitler. Comparing Trump to Hitler. Well, comparing Trump to Hitler now, Deborah Messing, an actress, posted a picture of a young boy, and I'll put this up on the blog, but posted a picture of a young boy that had a number 47 on his sleeve and a number 47 on the front, and they said, look, here's a child that's being separated from his parents, and he's been given a number just like the Holocaust. What what did the number mean? We'll tell you what the number meant when we come back. See you soon. So here's what the number meant. The number was a football jersey, or a soccer jersey, or some kind of sports jersey. The number was... Some kind of American or European football sport of some kind. Of some kind. Uh, but it was not something that... W- the picture was taken prior to them being processed by the government, so they hadn't been given any clothes. Hmm. And uh, But the assumption was, this is just like the Holocaust. Well, it, it's not just like the Holocaust, because this child is not going to be put into a well, gas chamber. People, they, well, things don't have to be exactly like the Holocaust for them to be terrible things. Well, and that's my point. 
My point is I think these are terrible things, and I think when we start to fixate on whether or not it's part, you know, this is the Holocaust again and Trump is Hitler again, I think you're actually helping Donald Trump. What? How would that possibly help Donald Trump to be compared to Hitler? Because Donald Trump, if Donald Trump has to defend his policy of separating children from their parents when their parents are seeking asylum, that's something Donald Trump can't do because that's indefensible. If Donald Trump only has to prove that he's not Hitler, that's an argument Donald Trump I don't can win. Think that's, I don't think that's the end result of this, though. I don't think that people are going to... I don't know. That's just a weird hill to die on, to like get upset about that and then... It's a weird know. hill for me to die. Yeah, on? like to, for that to be the thing that you get mad about about comparing him to Hitler. Like, well, no, I'm not mad. People are always gonna like when, it, especially when it's happening. Ha- like, we're like right in the thick of it right now. We're seeing these horrible pictures of babies crying behind gates and stuff. So obviously, we're gonna have like these intense visceral reactions. Like, and in a while, we'll probably be like, "Oh, that wasn't like nobody died." Um, it wasn't that bad as well, not, it was still bad, but it wasn't Hitler bad, but like, you can't blame people for being freaked out and terrified while it's actually happening. No, I can't. And I'm not, I'm not upset at people for being terrified and angry. What frustrates me, and I'm not upset with people. I am frustrated by the fact that when you start to use the extreme rhetoric, you do damage to your own cause. The Tea Partiers that compared Obama to Hitler did tremendous damage to their own cause. They discredited themselves. George W. Bush uh, was many things, but he was not Adolf Hitler. And all of the people who said he was Hitler, I think, made themselves look ridiculous and helped George W. Bush look more credible and look like the voice of reason. The only way you can make someone as odious as Donald Trump look like the voice of reason is to compare him to somebody who is exponentially far worse than he is. No, I don't think that's the only way. Well, okay, well, how else could you make Donald I Trump don't, look I like don't the know. That's, that's just a weird thing to get upset about. Like, it's a terrible thing that's happening, so I totally understand, like, the outrage. Well, presidents, uh, particularly modern presidents, uh, don't win re-election because they are beloved. Uh, Barack Obama's approval rating going into 2012 was dismal. And they win when they're able to effectively define their opponents. People voted against Hillary Clinton as much or more, perhaps, than they voted for Donald Trump. I think another big factor in all of this, like, intense rhetoric, though, is, like, the rise of, like, 24-hour news media. Like, you're only going to get clicks when you post something that, like, shocking and stuff, you know? Nobody's going to click on an article that's like, Donald Trump is bad, but... Look on the bright side. At least he's not gassing people, you know? Like, I, I think that's a big part of it. Well, I would click on that article, but I'm strange. Well, I, think I don't you're know. Because right. I, I, you, see, you see, like, clickbaity things like that all the time, you know? Like, they just want your clicks. They're going to post whatever title that they want. Obviously, there's still a lot of, like, honorable journalists and stuff. But I see that kind of crap on on social media all the time, like easily disprovable, like fake news is a real thing. But Well, yeah, I had a friend on social media post a picture of Donald Trump at the, at the Western Wall in Israel. And he complained because Fox News said he was the first sitting president to visit the Western Wall. 
And he said, lies from Fox News, because right next to it you had pictures of Obama visiting the Western Wall and George W. Bush visiting the Western Wall and Bill Clinton visiting the Western Wall. Mm -hmm. And so everybody was like, oh, Fox News, they're so racist and this is so awful. And I looked at it and I went, okay, if Fox News was really lying like this, every other media outlet would be calling them out on it. And so I did 30 seconds worth of research and discovered that that Donald Trump is the first sitting president. And that was, in other words, he's the first president who was in office, who while in office went and visited the Western Wall. I think just as a general rule, if you see like a meme on Facebook, a political meme, it has probably capital bold letters in red with like a bunch of pictures side by side that has like an exclamation point on it, it's probably not right. Well, that's, it's probably a pile of crap. That's absolutely correct. And and so I posted that. And then on the bottom it's always like, share if you agree. Right. Like that's going to make a difference. That's right. what's going to... Right. Oh, well, boy. so I, I just don't think that, the, that extreme rhetoric on either side is ever helpful. I don't think it is ever productive. And I don't think it does the side who is using it any good. Because if you're able to make the other side look reasonable, if you're able to have enemies that look unhinged, you are far more likely to succeed in politics than you are if your enemy appears more reasonable than you are. And right now, that's the Democrats' problem. The Democrats' problem is that they look unhinged to some degree, so even though Donald Trump is... I feel like that's your opinion, because I look at the pictures of little babies at the border, and I'm shocked and horrified. I, well, am I saying I, I'm totally shocked and that horrified? I don't, I don't think that that even like Hitler saying Hitler rhetoric would make me think that I don't know. That's just a weird argument to me because I don't see any any um, kind of explanation that could make me seem like I'm overreacting when I see these pictures of kids crying without their parents. But your instinct isn't to say, "Oh, he's Hitler." Is it? I, no, I typically don't post anything political because that's just a terrible, dark <laughs> hole to nowhere. Well, and here you are on a political podcast, though. <sighs> you bring that up every week, and every week I just... Your sighs get, sigh. Your sigh gets longer they're, and they're longer. They're getting deeper every week. Well, did you see... In a year, I'm just going to be sighing for 20 minutes into the microphone. Well, did you see that, that meme that I posted that talked about a good use of size instead of a bad use of size? I, I didn't. That's crazy that I didn't see that really great meme, it sounds like. All right. That was sarcasm. It's actually not a meme. It's an ad from a 1911 periodical. And it says, do you know... Oh, no, you did. I did see this. You did see you this? You brought it up. Yeah. Do you know how to kiss a girl? Then learn. Stand facing her. This isn't really political. Well, but it's a, it says that it is well to sigh a couple of times about this stage in the game. So all I'm saying is that that size can be used for more productive purposes than just lamenting the evil That's state fair. of politics. That's fair. Well, so pull me back from the brink. Tell me how I should be reacting to all of this. Um, I, I, well, I, what I need to do at least is I need to figure out for myself I need to form my own opinions about things. Because I even find myself falling into that trap sometimes where I see my favorite celebrity tweet something and I'm like, oh, that's truth. That's what I should believe. Someone more famous and with more power than me believes it, so then it must be true. Um, but I don't even know, like, for example, when this policy started. I've heard weird conflicting arguments that are like, oh, Obama did this, but it's not till Trump that everyone got mad. Right. 
Right. And and to some even even Donald Trump has said it's so sad what is happening. Well, he also just said today that they're like vermin. Yeah, that they infest. The yeah, they're coming is, to infest the United he States. He never runs out of great, aka terrible ways to describe immigrants. That's absolutely right. Oh boy, we're we're not going to solve that in this podcast. We're but, not. No, but I, I am going to make a plea for tempered rhetoric so that we can actually figure out what the problem is and try to solve it, rather than just start screaming uh, Hitler no at everybody. One's, that comes. No one's ever going to share a meme with tempered rhetoric <laughs> on Facebook. <laughs> I think we need to create what? a meme, don't we? Tempered rhetoric. We stand for tempered rhetoric. That won't get any... Share if you agree. It'll have no shares. It'll have no shares. Well, hopefully this podcast will have a few shares, but this is this that wraps it up for one more edition of Dinner Table Politics. And hey, if you like our podcast... Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or and subscribe for, for more tempered rhetoric. Please subscribe. <laughs> there you go. Thanks very much. This is Jim Bennett. I'm Abby Bennett, and we'll see you next week. Bye bye.